You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Good morning and welcome again. Uh, We've been in this series called On the Run, and this is a a deep dive. Um, That pun was definitely intended into the book of Jonah. Um, So last week, uh, Pastor Dustin kind of took us inside um, old buddy's time inside the whale, right? Uh, Whale, fish, we kind of walked through that a little bit last week. It doesn't really matter in marine life, all right? That's not a it's not a closed-fisted thing to really, you know, get in a fight over theologically. So he's in the belly of a marine animal, and while he's sitting there, he realizes he's made a mistake. He regrets that mistake, and then he remembers that God is good, who God is, that God provides. Um, and despite what he's done to, to change God's plans, despite what he's tried to do to get in the way, God's plans are still going to come to fruition, right? Um, And it's the same thing with us. Despite what we do, God will still work in our circumstance. He only needs the yes. He only needs the availability from us. Dustin reminded us that through Jonah, our regret leads to remembrance. When we recognize our sin and we regret our sin, we remember who God is. We remember who we are in light of who he is. Our remembrance will lead to repentance. We understand that sin, and we want to turn from that sin. We want to live a life that honors God. And then our repentance will lead towards restoration. God, as we'll discover today, restored the purpose that he had originally called Jonah to. So God's restoring his calling for Jonah to go to preach to Nineveh. Just like Jonah, if we find ourselves outside of God's will, maybe we're just kind of laying in the, in the weeds. We're on the sideline. We're not really full in. Maybe we found like just a, a season of life where just things have just kind of, they, they've, they've been tough and it's hard to, to focus and put God first, right? Maybe we have something standing in our way. God can still use us. He only needs our yes. Um, God will restore our calling and our purpose. And through that, we can once again find fulfillment and joy through Jesus. So we're going to pick up in Jonah 3. That's where we're at today. I'm going to read the whole chapter. Don't freak out. Uh, Usually when you hear a pastor say he's going to read the whole chapter, uh, that's time for some people to pack up their bags and make it to the buffet because they ain't going to get out anytime soon. This is only 10 verses. It's only 10 verses. It's not too bad. So we're going to dive in. But before we dive in here to chapter 3, I want to pray for, uh, pray for the text and pray that God would just bless this message. Let's pray together. God, we just thank you for this morning. And we thank you for your word. That we can, we can pull from it things that you have for us to apply to our lives in each and every syllable. Jesus, I pray that we don't take this time for granted as we dive in right now that your word would just, just dwell on our hearts. That you would challenge us and change us and make us into who you have. To fulfill our calling and to fulfill your purpose. God, I pray that you would 
give me the strength to get through this and, and preach your word. And Lord, I just pray that everything that I say and do over these next, this next half hour or so, that Lord, you would just, that you would be honored by it and you would speak through me and that your words would be heard. Lord, we're going to trust you to move in our hearts this morning because you are greater than all. You're greater than the distraction. You're greater than the situation, the moment. Lord, let us focus on you, truly believing that you're going to do great things. Amen. All right, so Jonah chapter 3, start in verse 1. All 10 verses, it's not too bad. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against the, or call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going about a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast, and they put on sackcloth, for the greatest of them to the least of them. The word of the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published it throughout Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is, that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them. And he did not do it. God spoke a second time to Jonah. Aren't you glad that we serve a God of second chances? I don't know if y'all have messed up in life ever before or have ran away from something you know God's calling you to do. But we serve a God of second chances. He still sees the potential that he has to fulfill through us. So God spoke a second time to Jonah. No matter the mistake he made, he believed that Jonah would fulfill the purpose. Jonah wasn't too far gone, and nor are we, no matter where we're at. God speaks to Jonah a second time. He reminds him of his calling. And this time, what's the difference? This time, Jonah says, yes. Jonah makes himself available. One of my favorite sports terms out there, because I think it applies to Christians as well, is your greatest ability is your availability. See, we can be the greatest speaker, we can be the greatest financial mind, we can be the greatest musician, the greatest singer, whatever the case is, we can be the greatest at it, but if we don't make ourselves available to God, then we're going to miss our calling. And Jonah, the first time around, said, nope, nope. Ain't going to do it. He made himself unavailable to God. God had to get his attention. So have we given our yes to God recently? And whatever God is 
calling in our lives, however he's moving in our lives? Or have we given our yes to God? Have we made ourselves available? This morning, I want to do a couple things. I want to just kind of hit a bird's eye view of the passage, just us diving in together, just kind of breaking it down. And then I want to explore some practical ways that we can fulfill God's purpose in our lives, like God has called Jonah to do here in Jonah 3. So the first thing that we see in this bird's eye view is Jonah responds. Again, God calls Jonah the second time, giving him a second chance to fulfill his calling to preach to Nineveh. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. Call out against it the message that I tell you. Jonah gives his yes, and Jonah arises. So the first time, chapter 1-3, it says, Jonah rose and he fled. He fled to Tarshish. Then 3-3, Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. Jonah responds. He gives his yes. He says yes, and he rises up. He puts his yes into action. He obeys the call, and he preaches to Nineveh. Verse 3, Jonah arose, went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Jonah began to go into the city about a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So we see Jonah responding to God. Responding to God properly this time. He gives his yes. Right? He gives his yes. He responds to God's call, and he steps out, and he preaches. I want to just point out something quick. The first time, Jonah didn't just flee to Tarshish. It actually says, if you complete uh, the verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he, like, fled God, too. Like, he was just like, I want nothing to do with this. I want nothing to do with this. He was fleeing God, but this time, on a second chance, God came in, got his attention a little bit heavier, and Jonah knew it was time to get in. It was time to get in the game, follow God's calling, and preach to Nineveh. So Jonah responds. The next, next thing we see is Nineveh responding. Jonah preaches to Nineveh. He says, listen up, guys. You guys got 40 days, or that's it. You know, it's not going to be pretty, guys. You got 40 days. Get your act together. Let's go. And what does the word say? It says in verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed God. They believed God. Not only did they believe God, because I talked about this in small group this past Wednesday, sometimes we believe with the best of them, but it doesn't change us. It doesn't change who we are, right? We miss it from about 18 inches from our head to our heart. No, it, it affected their actions. It changed their actions. They fasted. They cried out to God. They repented from their sins. They were broken because of their sins. And they looked to God for hope. Verse 5, they called out for a fast and put on sackcloth. From the greatest of them to the least of them, the word reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And then a little bit further on, let them call mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from his violence that's in his hands. Who knows, maybe God will relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. I pray we understand what's happening here. Because I feel like sometimes, I know it's true in my life, and I've seen it in the life of, of others, 
I think sometimes we kind of, we forget the weight of sin, right? Like we do something and we know we need to repent from it. We know it's not okay. And we're just like, yeah, I'm sorry, God. Like, I won't do that again. Please forgive me. But like, no, they understood sin. They were broken for their sin. Like, like they understood the weight of their sin. They understood that they were on a path to utter destruction. Just like outside of Jesus, we are. And then they responded to the grace that was given, to the message, the warning, that there's a way out. They responded. They repented from their sins. And one of my favorite things about this passage is, is the whole cultural aspect of this. Like, it's kind of weird, right, to, to put on, like, potato sacks, right? Like, to put on burlap sacks, like, over you and just be like, and some passages in, throughout the Bible, I talk about, like, ripping your clothes and then just sit in ashes. That's, that's all kind of strange. So why did they do that? It was a sign of repentance, right? It was a sign that we are nothing without God. Our, our identity isn't wrapped up in the clothes that we wear. Our identity isn't wrapped up in the title. The king stepped down from his throne and put on sackcloth. It's not about the title that we have in our lives. It's not about the position that we have at work. That's not our defining factors. It's not about the money that we have. It's not about the house that we live in. See, this is all pointing them to humility. From ashes we were created, from a- to ashes we'll return. Without God, we are nothing. And we have to recognize that and understand that our best is going to come out with God. That apart from Him, we're going to miss the boat altogether. And this is what they're doing. They've recognized their sin. Going back to what Pastor Dustin talked about last, last week. They've recognized their sin. They've remembered who God is. They've regretted their sin, remembered who God is, and they've repented. So God gave Jonah the second chance. Jonah responded, and God spoke to Nineveh through Jonah. Nineveh responds. And finally, over our bird's eye view, we're going to see that God responds. Once again, I'm grateful we serve a God of second chances and a gracious God. He delivers Nineveh. Verse 10, when God saw what they did, how they repented, how they responded to their sin. How they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. God is fierce for justice, but he's abundantly gracious. When our hearts recognize our sins and we remember who he is and how he is, and his holiness and his gracious. And we humble ourselves before him. God sees that and he'll relent. That's the gospel, right? That is the gospel. Jesus came to take on that punishment. Kind of put, put it into perspective right here. Like Jesus came to take on the destruction of Nineveh. Let's just, let's just kind of imagine that for a second. Jesus came to take on the destruction of Nineveh. Nineveh recognized that and repents. That's, our, that's kind of our, our idea. Jesus came on to take on our destruction. We're heading down this path towards absolute destruction, and Jesus came and took it on for us. And we repent 
We recognize our sins. We feel the weight of them. We repent from them. And that leads to restoration, to right standing. We can also be reminded of the fact that God has a very uh, solid and established continuity of, of character throughout the word. If we jump back to Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 7, God says, If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I've spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster I intend to do it. See, he's constant. He keeps his promises. He's true. And we can, we can find great hope in that, right? We can build our lives, as we sang this morning, standing on that truth of the character of God. So we see this bird's eye view of Jonah returning to God's calling and its effects. So how do we apply this to our lives? How do we take what we've learned with Jonah, giving his yes to God, and then move it into day-to-day life, move it into our neighborhoods or houses or schools or workplaces? One thing that I wanna, want us to understand is the time right is now. Jonah ran away and delayed his calling. See, the time for us to act is now. We can't let, despite God's mercies, despite his graces, we cannot let the fact that he is gracious delay our sense or diminish our sense of urgency. When God calls us into something, we should move and we should get into the game. And we do that for a few reasons. One, just simply because God called it. Like, God called for it to be done. Like, who are we going to argue with? Who's above God that we could say, uh-uh, that's not my lane. Like, no, God called it. The creator of heaven and earth called for it to be done. He is holy and we should honor him with it. That should really just be like flat stop. But let me give you some other reasons too. God's call on our lives supersedes our own desires in every fashion. In that call, his plans, in, in his plans, we can find true joy and peace and true fulfillment. When we see things through God's eyes and with God's heart, we understand the sense of urgency we need to have as Christians. See, we've been entrusted with this this perfect word, right? We sing the song, Better Word, sometimes. This is a perfect word sent out to the world, and God has entrusted you and I with it. For those of us who look to him as Lord, he's entrusted us to take that word and to send it out and to put it out in our influence. So there's a sense of urgency there when we see things through God's eyes and with his heart. So why don't we jump into God's call on our lives? I think there's a couple reasons. Um, One is a lot of times I I hear people struggling with what is God's call on my life? That's a fair question. Um, Sometimes we dwell on it so long that we just miss it altogether. We go through our life just kind of treading water and we miss God's call. I want you to hear this. God's call on our lives is how we leverage our passions for his purpose. God's call on our life is how we leverage our passion for his purpose. Jonah's passion was speaking the word of the Lord, telling people about God 
and his decrees and what he was telling, what he wanted the people to know. It was his passion. It's what he did. It's what he loved to do. See, we got to mix in God's purpose there. And I think that's where, that's where Jonah missed it. Is he got, he got things kind of messed up with, whole, with the whole idea of God's purpose for our life. And what is God's purpose on our life? It's very simple. Love God, love others. So again, God's call on our lives is where his purpose and our passions collide. And his purpose is for us to love him first and foremost and to love others. How do we practically do that? Very simple, like this is, I'm just going to rock through this. How do we love God? We commit ourselves to things that promote our spiritual health and growth and understanding for God. Prayer. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. We pray to God. We, we keep that line open. We, we talk to God constantly. We're not scared. We, we trust that the creator of all is right there ready to comfort us, ready to move on our behalf. Prayer is making ourselves available to God. So we pray and we find peace that surpasses all understanding. We praise. We praise. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's what we're doing. Like when we come in here on Sunday mornings or when you get in your car, and I pray that you guys do this, but when you get in your car and you like crank up your like Spotify praise playlist, and if you don't have a Spotify praise playlist or Amazon or Apple, whatever, or even just you know, listen to the radio, we can work on that. Come talk to me. We'll work on getting a playlist together. But what we're doing when we listen to those words is we're being called to recognize who God is and remind ourselves of how great he is and how we contrast. We're elevating God to the place that he should be in our lives. I love this passage where it says, we remember, we remember all of his benefits. Let us not forget his benefits, like how good he is, like what he does for us. That's what we do when we praise is we're remembering how good God is and how gracious he is to us and all of his characteristics and benefits. And a point that I didn't have in my original notes, so I don't have on the screen this morning. I'll give it to you guys free of charge. I just remembered this. Um, I should have got it in the first, first draft. But we've got to study. Like we've, we've got to dive into the word. We cannot miss that. Like this whole um, season of, uh, of small groups right now, a small group I'm in, um, is about understanding going from being a believer into a disciple. And what's the difference there? Believer is you know all of these things and maybe you've truly given your heart to Jesus, but you haven't stepped into 
like growing in your full knowledge of God and his word and his characteristics. And when you grow in those things, it affects your life and how you display that and act towards others. So we have to commit ourselves to the word. In our personal lives, Monday through Sunday, we have to commit ourselves. If we make a mistake and mess up, is it the end of the world? We've made a mistake and messed up and we've missed a day or whatever, but like, it's not the end of the world. God's gracious. But we press forward and we continue to take baby steps and then giant steps forward in our faith. We commit to the word and grow in his character. So we commit ourselves to the things of God that promote spiritual health and growth and understanding of God. That's, that's how we love God. Prayer, praise, committing to the word. But we also commit ourselves to others. And this is the love people. This is the, so Jonah said no to God the first time. He was like, nah, ain't gonna happen. Like, I'm choosing myself over you. Like, I'm choosing myself over your calling. And I'm choosing myself and my comfort over uh, Nineveh. Like, he fled the complete opposite direction. And he fled God. Remember, like, that's what we, what we found in verse 3 of chapter 1. Like, he fled the presence of God. No to God. No to Nineveh. Like, I'm out. So he's missing the boat on the love God, love people. He's missing the boat on purpose. Um, so love people. Some, some ways that we can commit ourselves to loving others. First one is just faith community or a local church. Just diving in, getting plugged into a local church. You can find community and you can find hope and you can find peace and great relationships. Is, is it perfect? No, no, no church is perfect. Let's get that out of the way because we're made up of, of people that are imperfect, that are still in transition and growing in their faith as well. From the pastor to the production team. From the kids' leaders to the kids. We're in transition, right? So no church is perfect. And I understand that like drama happens sometimes. I'm super grateful that we have not seen, you know, we have not seen a lot of drama here at Impact. Um, but drama happens sometimes. And we just have to understand that that's not a reflection of God, right? That's not a reflection of God. That's a reflection of people in process, right? So we love people through a faith community, a local church. Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Like, love others. That's the law of Christ, right? Love others. We do that by bearing one another's burdens. What does that mean? We pray for one another. We, we listen to one another. We make ourselves available to one another. And we help when we can in the best ways that we can. James 5, 16, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you might be healed. So confess your sins to one another. It's a sense of accountability that you find in the local church and in a, in a faith community. You, you build these relationships that, that are sharpening one another. And then you have people who can say, hey, red flag, something's up. Let me talk to you. Let's, let's work this out. Let's work some things out. Let's see accountability. And if we miss those things, we miss a huge chunk of how we can love people, both 
And it's a reciprocal thing. We love people, they love us. Like that's, that's the faith community, how it should work out. Then in our family, Ephesians 5.22, wives submit to your husbands as so to the Lord. 5.25, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. Again, it's reciprocal. Psalm 127.3, behold children. This is a tough one. Like, do you, if you have young kids, even if you have kids that are like grown out of the house, this can be a difficult one. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, a fruit of the womb, a reward. Listen, story time. This morning, like uh, six, maybe late five something, six this morning, um, one of my kids like, Climbs on me while I'm asleep, and he's just sitting. I just narrowed it down to two. He's sitting on top of me, and he spits on me. Like, and for those of you who are real close, you you know exactly who it is now. But like, and I'm not talking like he's just like tired still and like drooling, and it it drips on me like he'd like. On me. And like, so that's what I'm woken up with this morning. I'm going to say that in that moment, my first thought was not that he is a reward. Like, that was not my first thought. (laughs) But I love him to the ends of the earth, right? We love our kids and we know we handled the situation. We talked about it. They didn't get swept under the rug. He's not going to spit on people. But our children are a reward. And in those moments that, that it's so difficult, we just remember, we have to force ourselves to remember the joy, remember the good, right? Remember the, the things that when we see their little faces just, you know, understand something and click for the first time, right? Like we remember all of those things that just make us so happy. Um, but children are heritage from the Lord. So when we love others, we can love through a faith community, but we love in our families. Like we, we love one another in our relationship with our spouse. We love one another with our children. We love them. God tells them to honor us, right? And sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes it's hard to do in your marriage too. We love our extended family. Like it is an opportunity for us to love others. We love our neighbors. Matthew 7 Verse 12, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do to them also. Like the golden rule, like if you don't want your neighbor doing something crazy at midnight, don't go outside and do something crazy at midnight. Like that's a pretty pretty easy idea to, to grasp onto. Like do unto others as you wish them to do to yourself. And I love this verse, Romans 15 too. Let each of us, Please his neighbor for his good to build him up. I love this. This goes back to us being given like a perfect word to share with the world. The gospel. Like Jesus came. We were lost. We were heading down a path of destruction. Jesus came to die for our sins, to take on that destruction for us. And all we have to do is look to him in faith, right? We repent from our sins, look to him in faith, and his grace covers it been given this perfect word to to reflect to the world. So let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. 
we're setting an example. We're being a testimony to our neighbors. We're loving our neighbors. Man, I'm so grateful for the community that I have right around my house. I've been extremely blessed by God. Maybe your situation isn't like mine, and, and maybe you have people around you that are they're kind of tough to deal with. It's, it's hard sometimes, but you have to set a testimony, set a precedent in your life on how you handle your neighbors to build them up in a way that honors God. And what about just people that like we don't really know that well? Maybe we don't even know it all, or maybe we're just kind of passing in the grocery store or you know, driving down the road and they cut us off, or maybe it's just going well, like whatever, like other people, right? Other people. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore, make disciples of all nations. As you go, as you're living your life, make disciples, set an example for who God is and his characteristics and how those should reflect in our lives as well. So how do we apply these things to our lives? We commit to these ideas. We commit to prayer, to praise, to diving into God's word, to loving people in our house, loving people in our church, loving people in our community, in our neighborhoods. And we find these verses as ways that we can make that happen. And when we do these things, we see that our purpose, loving God, loving others, will be fulfilled. Again, how do we tie that into our, our, um, God's will for our life? Where does our passion collide with God's purpose? How can we leverage those passions for God's purpose? What are you passionate about? As we close, I want to encourage us with a couple things here. Um, Jonah didn't just sit on the sideline originally. He doesn't like, he was there and like coach called him to get in and he was like, those boys are big, I'm out of here. Like I'm leaving the stadium. He was out, he was gone. He straight up left the game, but God still had full confidence in his call on Jonah to bring him back into the fold. He had to get his attention and remind him of who he was and how he was capable with God by his side. And likewise, we too are capable of so much with Jesus moving in our hearts by our sides. So much more than we could think or imagine. For those of us who have uh, small children, again, I have children. Sorry if I refer to them a lot. They're a big part of my life. But for those of us who have small children, you'll recognize this. And just want to quote something that is remarkably theological out of the... Um, the TV show Paw Patrol. Um, they say, no jobs too big. What? Come on. Some, no jobs too big. No, no pup is too small. I love that I'm not alone with that. No jobs too big. No pups too small. No matter what, no matter how big, insurmountable of a situation we face or how we feel our calling will take us, with God by our side, we are not too small. We are strengthened by his grace and his mercies. And we can dive in full-fledged into his word. We are capable with God. And the exciting thing, I think we have to understand this, and this isn't to add weight to you or anything, but it's just the flat truth. The exciting thing and sometimes scary part of it all is others are hanging in the balance. 
based on our call. See, Jonah, Nineveh is hanging in the balance on Jonah getting there and sharing the word that God told him to share. That can be hard sometimes to think about that. Others are hanging in the balance or waiting for us to get in the game. Let's do it. Let's get in the game. Let's find out where our passions collide with God's purpose. And just take off like a rocket for his gospel. God has entrusted us with a perfect word. I keep saying that because it's true to share with the world. And as we love him more and begin to love others more and see things through his heart and see things through his eyes, those things will grow in our lives and we'll see change. We'll see response. If everyone would please this morning, if you just bow your heads with me. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe this morning you're finding it difficult to commit to those things that we talked about. Commit to prayer, commit to praise, studying God's word, becoming a disciple. Find it hard to commit to loving our family. Things are just difficult at home. To, to loving our neighbors. They set off fireworks at midnight. Maybe we're finding it difficult to, to plug into our church community, to find friends and, and hope there. Maybe that's you this morning, and I want to pray for you to, to despite the difficulty, say yes to God this morning. If that's you this morning, and you're just finding it difficult to commit to those things, if you would, just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you've struggled getting into the game, you know God's call on your life and you know that his purpose is for you to love him and to love others. But you can just never really get yourself motivated to do those things, to actually put those things into action. Again, I want to I pray for you. If you would, just raise your hand. Struggling to get in the game. Thank you. Maybe you're not even wearing the jersey this morning. Maybe you've never looked to Jesus as Savior, but also Lord. Maybe this morning you've heard pastors for years, a hundred times, whatever, say that you need Jesus. I'm going to repeat that. We need Jesus. Just like Nineveh, we're heading down a path towards absolute destruction. And Jesus is our only way out. The work he did on the cross in overcoming the grave. So I pray that we understand that God's will is perfect. God's holiness is perfect. And that our sin separates us from those things. And we, if we've never actually put on the jersey, we're not in the game we're not even on the team yet. We need to, we need to make that happen. So this morning, if, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, you've never looked to him as Lord, we want to pray for you this morning. Pastor Dustin, myself, we'd love to talk to you about it. 
Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.